Welcome, and thanks for tuning in for our second episode of the Sitecore Water Cooler, the casual conversation podcast dedicated to covering all things related to Sitecore, product updates, full site builds, suggestions and insights, and getting the most out of your Sitecore investment. I'm your host, John Price, Sitecore Practice Director and MVP at AmericanEagle.com. To set the stage for today's topic, we're going to be talking about commerce and Sitecore. And if you've seen the news lately, that is no longer just Sitecore commerce. Sitecore has been very busy lately making strategic acquisitions of products such as 451, BoxEver, and MooseEnd. Along with this, similarly to the CMS and DXP space, there are a ton of e-commerce platforms out there. One question I've been asked lately is what are the differences between 451 and Sitecore Commerce? Why would I choose one over the other? You yourselves may even be asking, what is Sitecore Commerce and 451? And those topics are what we're going to cover today. I'm very excited for today's episode, as I have been joined by not just colleagues of mine, but very good friends. I've been working with these individuals for over seven years, including well over 50 Sitecore projects. Today, I'm joined by Ahmed Okor and James Gregory, longtime Sitecore architects and multi-year MVPs. And I'm also joined by Josh Hover, a well-seasoned Sitecore developer, front-end developer, and program manager. Josh is currently managing the PMO office for AmericanEagle.com's Sitecore team. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having us. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Yeah, this is a very exciting episode, guys. There's a lot of questions in the marketplace, not just for Sitecore clients, but also for Sitecore clients in general. So, you know, you three are in the day-to-day trenches with Sitecore clients, and you, you have also been successfully implementing Sitecore Commerce for a number of years. So, James, I'm going to kick this first question over to you. What is Sitecore Commerce? Thanks again. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Uh, Sitecore Commerce is a rapidly growing product line. Um, you know, Sitecore is a digital experience leader, and Sitecore Commerce is your digital storefront solution. It's a very flexible commerce platform. It's both uh, flexible in integration, so whether you're trying to tie into new systems, old systems, uh, product catalogs, inventory, pricing, promotions, customers, orders, entitlements, um, it's a very flexible framework to make that as easy as possible. It's also flexible in scaling, so low traffic, high traffic, uh, you can scale the infrastructure as everything's kind of isolated and well-defined. So big platform, uh, all in all, it's targeted for omni-channel personalized experiences. It's built on top of Sitecore's experience platform. So you get all those experience um, platform tools uh, and Sitecore Commerce extends all those, right? So you get uh, extra tracking uh, for all the commerce events. It extends the rule engine, so you get commerce specific conditions for personalization conditions uh, and extends reporting. So you get uh, commerce centric reporting as well. That's a really good walkthrough. Let's keep that fresh in our minds. Let's just jump into the comparison here. So, Josh, I'm going to turn this over to you. Walk us through what 451 is. Sure, John. Yeah, so 451 is one of Sitecore's latest commerce solutions through acquisition, and it's a headless and cloudless with API-first solution. 451 is geared towards businesses that are really B2B-driven, such as manufacturers, distributors, and retail operators. So why Headless really offers a lot of flexibility in making the back-end functionality an API-driven call rather than, and it allows you to decouple the solution. It also allows for easy management for front-end along with your choice of front-end framework. So it allows you to use things like React or Angular and have those independent decisions rather than um, being coupled to the back-end. So getting back to some of the other advantages, 451 really leverages APIs calls, which allow for integrations with services. So it also is cloud-based and it enables uh, rapid scalability. They also offer a really cool feature called the Head Start approach, which allows you to leverage pre-configured components. So you'll be able to 
open up your solution a lot quicker. Ahmed, let's yeah. go ahead and jump in. And like also like the 451, like the software that's uh, the cloud-based tool that Site acquired a few months ago is basically like a piece of the puzzle that Sitecore is trying to put together basically to go into a SaaS route. Uh, so basically Sitecore like tried to fast forward their advances toward like a SaaS software and basically be able to offer their clients a SaaS option instead of having on-premise option. And also be able to offer just a piece of their offering. So like they said, they just want to offer B2B like options. So they don't have to sell the entire Sitecore suite with it. So they just can have, they can just sell B2B uh, for 51 cloud-based uh, software. So let's stick on the topic of 451. Yeah. Like let's just take a company or client profile. You know, what type of company would be well-suited for 451? You guys mentioned headless API development, front-end development. Yeah, but what, what type of client would be well-focused for 451? One good pick would be if you're a B2B business, you know, might be more apt to go to 451. Psycho Commerce supports B2B, uh, but the out-of-the-box storefront is more geared for B2C. Uh, so you may get some advantages for that. And, and then also the footprint, you know, 451 is, is a SaaS platform. So, you know, how you want to run the system, how you want to integrate, uh, there's some decisions there if you want to host it on-premise uh, with Cycle Commerce or, or kind of go for the SaaS route. And also, like, a, from a license perspective, like, with 451, like, you don't have to buy Sitecore. Like, with Sitecore Commerce, you do have to have Sitecore first, then you build uh, Sitecore Commerce on top of Sitecore itself. Yeah, and just to clarify there, Ahmed, you're talking about Sitecore XP, so a client yeah. would have to have yeah. Sitecore XP, which is the experience platform, content authoring, content mm -hmm. pages, and the analytics platform as well. That would yeah. be needed for XC, whereas 451 is a little bit more standalone. It could be a standalone SaaS platform. You could even have a separate content website. So it does offer a little bit more flexibility and not being coupled with XP. Would that be yeah. fair to say, guys? Yeah, and also it's going to be like technology agnostic. So whatever like you know framework that you have for your front end or your back end, like you can just integrate that with your 451 and have your e-commerce platform. Since you're able to decouple those two between back end and front end, it allows you to go with more of a front-end component-based approach, which allow for a lot more easy maintenance and um, you know re reuse of those same components as you move forward with your solution. So Josh, being the front-end developer in this group and having a lot of front-end experience, what are the advantages of that? A front-end development first platform, you know, why would an organization go with that? Yeah, so I, I think that there's a lot of advantages and really it would allow for more of a parallel approach to your development process. So you wouldn't have to have the dependency of having front-end or back-end done first, like you would in a, a typical development situation. So what you would normally do is... Um, you know, you would have your front end developed first and back end then would pick up those changes and, and implement them. And really with going with this approach, it allows the two to go into parallel and then the front end can leverage, um, you know, back end through API processes. Yeah. And on that, I definitely think with that API front end development approach, it definitely helps with performance. You know, there's a lot of talk about Jamstack nowadays. So this is Sitecore's kind of inherent solution for that type of approach, right? Reduce the dependency mm -hmm. on programmers, which we all love programmers, of course. But, you know, these front-end development solutions definitely are kind of quicker to market and uh, definitely make teams a little bit more agile. Since they're decoupled, essentially, it would allow you to update front-end frameworks a lot easier or seamlessly without having to have impact to the back-end solution. So let's do a quick synopsis here. So 451... Sitecore Commerce. I think so. Sitecore Commerce is what I'm hearing, guys. You know, a company that may be looking to purchase it would probably already be a Sitecore customer is a great option, right? They're already using Sitecore as a DXP and CMS. 
in Sitecore Commerce is a great bolt-on, I'll call it. It's something you can easily spin up with a series of scripts and get a commerce site up and running very fast. And James, I want to focus on a couple other things. So, you know, Sitecore isn't a SaaS-based company yet for their tech stack, right? They have certain components. That's the route they're going in. Is They'll probably end up somewhere between SaaS and PaaS here in probably the next few years, which is a great spot to be. Um, but an organization that is not looking for a SaaS product, Sitecore Commerce is definitely a really good fit. So what I want to do now, James, let's let's talk about the Sitecore Commerce integration aspects, the minions, you know, not the cute little yellow guys, but the guys that you can actually help integrate with the platforms. That's, that's a big selling point of Sitecore is the flexibility. Open framework, build what you want. Let's talk a little bit about that for a second. So, you know, if you're familiar with the Sitecore platform, experience platform, you know, you've got different roles that uh, you have in your architecture, right? You've got the content management role, the content delivery role, and there's others, processing, reporting, et cetera. With Sitecore Commerce, it, it kind of plays in that same game where you're adding new roles to your architecture. So there's this authoring role for commerce that is a, an endpoint that you can, you know, update your products, your pricing, your inventory. You can work with all of your commerce entities. And, and that's using, you know, an OData. So it's just a, a RESTful API, essentially headless, right? It's just it's a place to kind of update your content, manage the, the data for the store. Um, on top of that, you get a set of business tools. And this is a set of Angular apps that talk to that authoring endpoint, right, to, to give you that user interface. Uh, you also get a, a shops role, data for the front end pages. You get a DevOps role for different uh, environment initialization and, and kind of back end tasks. But then there's this minions role. And the purpose of the minions role is, is to manage all that data and all the processes uh, that need to happen. So an order comes in, great, but it gets an order status. But time, you know, over time, things happen to the order, different statuses are applied. Uh, as you're pushing and pulling data for inventory, and all those back-end data processes need to be managed somehow. So Sitecore Commerce has a really nice, elegant framework for that called Minions, where you can have you know, that management of those back-end jobs. You can provide for scaling, and um, just a, a nice, clean way to define those jobs and, and manage those jobs. That's great. So I mean, let's just provide like a recap here. So Sitecore Commerce, great for flexibility, basically great for integrating with you know, obscure platforms, maybe an older ERPs and things along those lines. Basically gives you the flexibility to do whatever you'd like. Right. The other thing I want to mention here and highlight, you did mention personalization. So Sitecore Commerce, I think, is a really great option while combined with Sitecore as a DXP. It's a very powerful platform. You know, if we start talking about things that provide the most ROI for explicit personalization, I think it really provides a great view of knowing exactly who a user is, what they've purchased, what they've abandoned in their cart, and then providing the abilities for a marketer to send out automated, abandoned you know, card emails, providing upsells, cross-sells, and reorders, all right there essentially in Sitecore. You know, with Sitecore's per purchase of Moose Send and Box Ever, I definitely think what we'll be seeing here in the next couple of years is seeing how those integrate well with 451. But I think Sitecore Commerce right now provides a little bit more of a 360-degree view of the customer inside the Sitecore tech stack. Is that a fair way to say it, guys? Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, that's the power of Sitecore Commerce is you get that marketing automation, you get all the data in one place, and uh, you can really drive the user experience using that data. Yeah, um, with the movement to the cloud, that's like some client might might prefer to go with the cloud route where everything is like easier to configure, no maintenance headache. But with Sitecore Commerce, like just like you said, uh, it's okay. You you handle all the maintenance, all the development, but you get all of the functionality and features that Sitecore Commerce provide which are much more than the cloud offering currently. Yeah, the, you know, IoT is becoming much more significant, right? We want a single data warehouse. We want to create custom personalization rules. Mm -hmm. The other thing we haven't mentioned at CRM and Salesforce, right? So Sitecore Commerce, Sitecore, 
have native connectors to Salesforce CRM, uh, Salesforce Marketing Cloud. So things like that as well may drive a user to go with Cycle Commerce as well, yeah. at least in my opinion. <laughs> the other conclusion I want to draw here before we move on is, you know, James, you mentioned Sitecore Commerce and B2C, right? Sitecore does offer accelerators, we'll say B2B um, functionality, but I think 451 out of the box as a platform definitely has better support for B2B. Yeah, I mean, Sitecore Commerce, it's a platform you can do anything with. I mean, you can even run brick and mortar stores off of it and manage inventory. But just out of the box, what you know, it's, it's more geared towards B2C. Uh, it can be extended, of course, for B2B needs. It's just more development work. Yeah. Um, you know, so Sitecore Commerce comes with uh, the SXA storefront. SXA is Sitecore's experience accelerator, uh, which gives you that front end layer of a product detail page, product listing page, shopping cart experience, checkout experience. Um, so it gives you a lot of out of the box components, uh, which is a great starter kit. So then you can just brand it, um, make changes as needed, and you're ready to go. So that's like a B2C type store. Uh, it would take a little more work to make it B2B, but still possible. Sure. I think it's fair to say, you know, depending on your business requirements, you know, we should always be defined first before selecting a platform will be the final influencer for this for the decision that's made. Right. Yeah. You can make Cycle Commerce uh, B2C and B2B. You can make 451 B2B and B2C. But I think just it comes down to the business requirements, especially for those clients that are both B2C and B2B. So there's definitely yeah. just some decision points that would need to be made in some type of discovery process there. Another really cool feature that 451 offers is that they do already have some out-of-the-box functionality with integrations with some of the back office systems that you had mentioned a little bit earlier. So it would help speed up that process and the delivery process. And that's the great thing with these SaaS solutions, right, is more off-the-shelf dare I say, a little bit more connector-based, right? So if you are using like a NetSuite, um, an SAP with limited customizations, uh, 451 is a great fit, right? You can use those out-of-the-box connectors. You know, there's also some other accelerators out there. There's Pay It Forward, there's Boomi. So, you know, it's not to say you can't use 451 with one of those or Sitecore Commerce with one of those, but that's a great point, Josh. If companies are comfortable with SaaS-based, they do have, I'll say, relatively, you know, um, not terribly customized other third-party platforms, yeah, 451 is a great choice. But again, um, it can be made to be do, basically do anything. So let's, let's focus in on B2B for a minute, guys. B2B is a whole other animal when it comes to complexity and business requirements. So let's have one of you just run through what are some of those B2B requirements that an organization may need to be mindful of when making you know a decision like this. For example, the user interface. For, for example, the B2B interface might have some more complicated functionality to it. So for example, like a B2B business might require some budgeting or like uh, approval for ordering it's like the opposite for b2c like b2c like you want to make the user like make the sale very quickly just like find something they like add it to cart check out and that's it and the b2 to b2b like word like no it's more of a advanced functionality that the user like the decision making of the sale might be uh might take longer and uh, you might have some approval to provide uh, also the personalization of the b2b is like not really that much focused on but uh, in, in the B, B2C world, is like you might have to move, do more personalization to, just to attract the consumers to buy more stuff. That reminds me of a few points that I have seen on a few of the, the projects that I've done with Sitecore Commerce. And really, you know, implementing things like customer-specific pricing has been uh, a key item that the, the teams have been working with with B2B market sales. Or like region-based, like, you know, like you want to sell some some specific product to a specific region. So... Like your experience yeah. might gonna be different for this region, so that's so like when you consider a B two B software, you just need to make sure that that software provides this functionality for you. 
Yeah, I think you guys hit on the, the key ones I was going to point out. Customer-specific pricing, pricing yeah. <laughs> region-specific products and pricing. I know that's a hot topic now yeah. where if you're in, let's say, United States and you may be another um, client may be in Dubai, you know, some products may not be offered. The pricing could even be completely different. So having that customer see the right products and the right price is extremely important. So yeah. both platforms can definitely provide that level of detail. And the other aspect is customer service, right? So, you know, guys, what's, what's an important part of the customer service aspect that both platforms can do? For the cycle of commerce, you, know, you get your user interface. So with the business tools, you get an, an order tool, you get a customer tool. So you can go in, you know, if you get someone on the phone, you can look up the customer, you can look up their order, and you can uh, interact with the status of that order in that screen there. And then all of these screens are extendable. So if you've got custom processes, things you need to do, you're able to extend these, these base entities in the commerce platform very easily. And they also extend the uh, visual representation of those entities in the tools. Focusing on this topic, right? We have B2C experiences. We have B2B experiences. And we have maybe catalogs that have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of SKUs. So another hot button topic that comes up with Psychor uh, prospects and Psychor clients is search. Psychor comes out of the box with Solar or Azure Search if you're in Azure Pass. Um, there's also a fantastic search and machine learning tool called Coveo. So, guys, what are some of the decision points or what are the things to kind of think about when considering a search tool for a commerce client, whether it is B2C, B2B, or maybe if, even if it's a blend of both? I think it's important to have considerations like product recommendations when the user is doing a search. I think that's always a, a helpful tool. And also machine learning. Machine learning is always valuable so that... Uh, you know, as the user navigates through the site, you're able to retain what their, their search terms are and serve relevant products. Yeah, I agree that relevance is a big factor, you know, especially with whatever the catalog is, the size of the catalog. You don't want just a flat listing page alphabetized or something. You want something relevant. And so bringing in a, a nice search solution like Coveo, where you can push those intelligent, relevant items to the user uh, is definitely worth considering as part of your strategy. Yeah, definitely. And uh, in the sidecore commerce world, like if Coveo is able to like leverage the historical data that the XDB already have been collecting for the user, you can use that to like personalize the search result for the user. Like like James said, like we don't want to show like bunch of products that just based on the search term. We need to account for like the user history of browsing, like what did they like before, what did, what did they get or buy before. So things like this will, will help drive the, the user experience while they're searching for products. Yeah, I think, you know, staying on that topic, I mean, Sitecore is keeping track of every single user that's ever yeah. come to the site. With commerce sites, they're going to be known because they're signing up for an account, they're buying things. Then Coveo provides that other aspect where it's keeping track of every, every user that's ever searched, right? Not mm. just, I searched for this, but what I added to my cart and what I did next. So I think it's a definitely great add-on tool that provides that other dimension, right? Especially when we have very complex catalogs, Coveo can help reorder search results based off machine learning, based what other users have done. It can help bundle products. Other thing I do want to mention too is, you know, from the Coveo side of things versus Sitecore is Coveo also gives you the ability to create your own search pages as a marketer. Solar might be a little bit more developer intensive, but with where things are going, lower code solutions, more marketing flexibility, Coveo gives you the option to simply create your own search listing page, determine what products come back. And you can also configure custom business rules like boosting, suppression, and things like that. And then with that as well as just configuring those pages, Coveo comes with Coveo Hive, so you can actually simply add elements to that search page and remove them. Let's talk about attributes for a second, guys, in Coveo. So, you know, what are what are some situations that markers may struggle with as far as like 
coming up with you know like-minded colors and other things like that. Let's say you're trying to find a product and you're trying to search by color uh, and uh, you type in red, but the product detail catalog is actually categorized as rose or some other term that's reddish. <laughs> um, so those are hard terms to match unless you're able to analyze traffic and see, okay, this person has searched for red, finally found this product, this rose. Uh, we'll just put that in the search results right away. So those kinds of decisions can help guide the, the user to what they're actually looking for without having to work for it. Exactly. If I type in rose, it will also return relevant red yeah. colors. So I type in violet, maybe something very similar. The other, other aspects, especially with B2B, is you know dimensions, right? Maybe half inch versus half or maybe inch with two slashes. That's another thing that Cobayo can help translate as well as a nice add-on tool. So guys, I'm going to turn the floor over to you. Anything else you guys want to add to the topic today? Anything else worth mentioning with Cycro Commerce in 451? One thing I was reading the other day, with the movement to like move away from the third-party tracking, and everyone is moving to like first-party tracking, so you, like since Sitecore Commerce is built on top of Sitecore, so your tracking cookies are within your uh, Sitecore domain, so this will give you the ability to still be able to track your customers and visitors while like some browsers are starting like to prevent or ban third-party tracking so that, that's a big advantage for having sidecore commerce is that the ability to be able to keep tracking of your customers and their journeys on your website and be able to analyze what they need and what they want and be able to show them that on the recommendation page for example so that that would be a big advantage for Cycle commerce. Yeah, I think you're referring to the, the article from CMS Wire yeah. with the CEO from Cycle. That's a yeah. great ad. Go ahead, Josh. I was just going to say with Sitecore 10, there's a lot of new features like support for Docker and containers or Kubernetes that is also extremely powerful for the developers. Yeah, yeah with Sitecore 10, one, you can now have uh, local containerized setups, which is great. It saves a lot of time. <laughs> um, but heads up, you do need to have RAM for it. Cycle recommends 32 gigs of RAM locally, but more is better for efficient local development. All right. Well, gentlemen, I greatly appreciate your time today. Thanks for swinging by the Sycor Water Cooler, and we hope to have you on again soon. Pleasure to be here. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you, John. Pleasure being here, John. Thank you. Thanks again to Ahmed, James, and Josh for joining us today on the Sycor Water Cooler podcast, a casual conversation between colleagues and peers centered around all things Sycor. I'm your host, John Price, and until the next time we meet at the Water Cooler, be sure to subscribe to the Sycor Water Cooler podcast today wherever you find your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios, with special thanks to executive producers Renee Nelson and Julia Klepich.